Welcome to the Star Wars Brothers Podcast. I'm Cliff Boyd, and I'm here with John Boyd. I'm John Boyd. And Drew Shepard. I'm Drew Shepard. <laughs> All right. So what's going on, John? So I uh, I don't know how long. How long have we been doing this podcast? Like almost year, a year wise. Has almost it been a almost year. a year? Okay. Almost. In April, I think, uh, our first podcast was posted. Okay. And back when we were first recording, I was I was pretty good about getting it out within a few days after we recorded, I believe. So yeah. there's possibility there was a little bit of a lag on that first one because I knew I, you know, at the beginning, I had all these ambitions of like being super consistent and posting every week and, you know, <laughs> and then nobody listened. So I just it, it took, took it easy on myself. So, so except that first week where we had like a thousand listeners in india or something no no no, no. that wasn't listeners <laughs> yeah i don't know if i i don't know if i i think we did tell that story on the podcast we did, we did. yeah no that was just a that was a facebook post right that i put like that a dollar into yeah <laughs> you got like a thousand likes from indian people uh it's very funny <laughs> anyways uh i was i was thinking about this because i thought it was about a year ago when i was talking about my chickens i was filming out in my a vehicle and the chickens and all well we've since moved and we didn't want to move our chickens so we sold our chickens to some friends uh, right. in mississippi um but tonight we bought 20 chickens hey um, cool and so they're all you know little like basically egg-sized chickens right now just probably a few days old um and so we're gonna start back up our uh our chicken farm all right uh, building a big coop. I got 20 tonight. I think I'm going to go pick up four or five tomorrow because they didn't have the, some of the kinds we wanted. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's what's new. Pretty excited about my chickens. Very cool. Yeah. That's something I still want to do at some point. Um, I have been working on my sourdough starter just recently got in some new flour. Um, and I've shifted over. I have like a little bit of apprehension about the actual process of tr- attempting my first loaf, but the other day when Drew was here, I, uh, he and some folks came after, over after church. Actually, it was last night. Last night, and um, they were playing Nerds. You know what Nerds is, John? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's like solitaire, but you have to do it fast, and then yeah. you share piles in the middle or something. And it's a horrible game that I will never <laughs> play. Uh, I hate it. So I didn't play while they were playing. Um, Drew and Amy and some other people from church came over. Uh, anyway, while they were playing, I was like, well, I'll just go ahead and work on my starter dough. Uh, my, or excuse me, my sourdough starter. And um, just something hit me. And I was like, maybe I'll throw some of, because I had the new flour in that had just come in that day. So I poured some of the new flour into the, what was left after I fed my starter. I poured some new flour into what was left. And I was like, okay, I'll mix that up. And um, and then I was like, maybe I'll pour some milk in there. So I poured some milk in there and I was like, I'll put some butter in there. And I put some butter in there and I put some, uh, uh, some salt. And then I put some baking soda. And what the baking soda does is it reacts with the lactic acid that's produced by the bacteria, um, the bacteria. So that yeast, I think I've, I maybe mentioned this on the podcast before, but the yeast eats the flour and produces alcohol and then the bacteria eat the alcohol and they produce lactic acid and co2 which is the bubbles okay so uh that lactic acid 
is what gives it the sour taste. And um, on a starter, it's intense, right? Because it's it gets fully consumed, and it the the longer it gets processed, you know, your your ratio of starter to other flour is not as nearly as differential as uh, it is when you're actually making bread. And so you get, you get basically a really high acid content in there and it makes it taste kind of gross. It's not horrible, but it's, it's just really sour. Um, and uh, when you put the baking soda in there, it reacts with the lactic acid and produces gas. I don't know what kind of gas drew. You probably know what kind of gas, uh, but it produces gas and will sort of give you a fake rise really fast. So I threw the baking soda in there just a little bit, mixed it up, plopped it on a baking sheet and threw it in the oven. I didn't measure anything. I didn't do anything. I was like, this is going to be horrible, <laughs> but I did it anyway. So they're playing nerds. They get done with nerds. And uh, some of the, some of the folks that were over there left. And uh, anyway, around that time, I pull it out of the oven. Drew, Drew looks at it with me. And he's like, yeah, I think you should go ahead and pull it out. And I don't know what came over them, but Drew and Amy, um, we're like, let's try it. Mainly Drew was like, let's try it. I was like, you guys don't want to eat my stuff. And it's, it's not really fit for human consumption. I mean, I'm going to eat it, but you probably don't want to. Um, but he sort of insisted. And so I broke it into four pieces. And, and since Drew was going to do it, Amy's like, yeah, I'll try it. And then Shauna decided she, you know, didn't want to be the only one not eating it, I suppose. <laughs> and it wasn't horrible. It was actually okay. And it kind of gave me a little confidence boost. So um, I need to, uh, I need to get on it and actually attempt a loaf of bread. Cause I'm, I'm way past due on, 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 um, you know, doing it, do it, but, uh, uh, do it. But that's, <laughs> do it. <laughs> that's probably coming pretty soon. So <laughs> maybe, maybe by the next time I podcast, I will, let, let's make that my goal. By the next time we podcast, I will have attempted my, at least my first actual only flour and water sourdough loaf. So I'm not going to add a bunch of stuff when I do the real deal. I'm going to just use flour and water and that's it. Um, eventually I may add some salt, but I think for my first loaf, I'm just going to flour and water only because that's what I've used in the start of the whole time. You know, I haven't added anything to it. No yeast packets, no pineapple juice, no, you know, sugar, just flour and water. And I've kind of, really fed it every single day and let it really develop and mature slowly. So, so that's, uh, that's coming. That's coming soon. Drew, what's going on with you? Do it, do it. Uh, that's, do it. Uh, do honestly, it. that's, I love it. There has to be a meme out there. I'm sure somewhere of Palpatine saying that and somewhere there's like Mountain Dew can like do the do, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be some, I've got to find that if it's not. Didn't there. we, didn't we talk about that in episode eight when we did our pitches for the new Disney movie? Didn't we talk about like how there might be like a Mountain Dew promotion on one of them or something? Maybe not. I don't remember. I know we've talked we about could have. I just Dew don't remember with that before, but yeah. I remember me talking about in episode three, how they had a, um, a purple Mountain Dew flavored slushy. Mm. Oh, that's right. With the Darth like, Vader. Thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Darth Dew. That was, yeah. That right. Was it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Remember that. Um, but, What's new with you, Drew? Yeah. So really exciting. I am so happy to announce that Amy received a package the other day in the mail. And I was like, 
what's what's this? Why are we always ordering things from Amazon constantly and Target.com? <laughs> every like, day. Every there's day. There's a something, pile. <laughs> something new arrives. Like, what's it today? Oh, we need a polar bear soap dispenser. Who knew we needed it? I didn't. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> that was way too specific to be a joke, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but to my great surprise, I open up the package and there uh-huh. is a mini mouse ear. And in the center is BB-8. And along the ears, they're white and orange themed. And the whole band is Star Wars themed, just sort of like a BB-8 theme. And I was I'm like thinking, wow, wow, my wife ordered. Look how far we've Star come. Wars Disney headband. <laughs> I, Mission I can't tell you how happy I am. <laughs> <laughs> I said, honey, we don't have to budget if you're going to do purchases like this. So you can yeah, do for this any day. Hit the budget. <laughs> <laughs> just been a little infinite symbol besides the start beside the star wars category you know yeah that's right you know uh, she finds a little ewok i'm like go for it go for it so that makes me so happy um we you know we we have talked about how we watch through the movies with her and, and when we initially talked to her she was the opposite of a star wars fan she was like i just don't really like it i've tried it before it's boring um i don't care about it but we convinced her to watch it, had a blast with it. And the fact that she is a fan enough now to order Mickey Mouse ears to wear when y'all go to the Disney World is just fantastic. So uh, give us a Marvel movie update. So actually, I was going to do a tie-in for you here. We okay. watched Doctor Strange um, yep. two nights ago. And the villain in there, I can't, I can't remember his name, but the villain in Doctor Strange, not Dormammu, but the 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 guy um she's like i've seen him somewhere before he's in a star wars movie i'm thinking is he I, it didn't occur to me but then it hit me he's the father in rogue one yes okay i was like cool. she remembered that so yeah, right yeah so we're on dr strange and we are going to be watching ant-man and the wasp next Wait, and you're then, on Doctor Strange. You just watched Doctor Strange? Just watched Doctor Strange. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So now the next one is going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp and then the uh, Infinity War series, two movies mm-hmm. there, and then mm-hmm. Spider-Man, and then on to WandaVision. Cool. Cool. I can't wait to hear what her reaction to Infinity War is. Yeah. She cried in Civil War. She's going to cry at it. Oh, she's going <laughs> to yeah. lose it. She's just, oh, you're yeah. going to break her. She's going to hit you. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> she's gonna turn and look at you and hit you <laughs> i just what, know it she'll get this close to me and say what about baby Groot? is he okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm like well he's teenage Groot now but yeah right i am Groot. i love that part <laughs> i am good what's that um, smell <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned uh, you mentioned briefly Ewoks and real quick. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw the new, uh, not new, but the shows that Disney Plus is releasing. Mm-mm, no. So the old Ewoks from the eighties is going to be on Disney Plus. Wow. Um, as well, Wait, a as show or the movies? The, the two movies. movies. Yeah, the yeah, movies. Yeah. 
as well as the original Clone Wars cartoon. Oh, cool. Okay. Which, I, which is not canon. Right. Yeah. Um, but I've seen some things and there's some cool things in there that kind of like explain or used to explain like why Grievous coughs and stuff like that. And so, okay. uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to watch it. Of course, okay. when we're done with cool. this, probably, but uh, yeah. I won't see kind of some of the inside on. there. Oh, yeah, but it is cool. It is cool that it's there. I don't, I, you know, when we've got so much canon content to watch, I just don't know that I want to spend my time on, on legends. So, but, but I hear you. you. Do you want us to watch it? If, if y'all wanted to watch it and make it a part of this podcast, I would do it. I don't know. How long is it? You know, I don't know. Maybe if it's quick, maybe we can watch it all. And then, or, you know, Review watch whatever thing. we want to watch from it. Um, and then just have like a one, one-off episode that, that uh, we could maybe think about it in light of what we've seen in the Clone Wars, acknowledging that it's not canon and have a little discussion about it. That might be fun. I might do that. It's do you also seasons. call it Clone Wars 2? That's a lot, it's, John. I don't know. Yeah, I, know. I can commit to three seasons. It's, called, it's just called <laughs> Star Wars Clone Wars. Um, right. Yeah, that's a lot. That's confusing. There's 10 episodes in each season, too. No, See, I, I really, really want to get to Rebels, one. you know? But I wonder how long they are. Yeah. Even if they're just 20 minutes, though. I mean... Are they full? Well... And that might be a little much before Rebels. Maybe maybe someday. Maybe once we get caught up on canon content. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm open to it. I'm open to it, if that's what y'all want to do. So maybe we can give it an episode. And just see what it's like. Or find a list that's like, here's the ones you should watch. I don't know if they have that. (laughs) Probably not. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Which this is still kind of popular, is it? I mean, I don't think it did very well. And I don't know that people really liked it. I don't know if they did at the time, but I've, uh, I follow a lot of uh, like Instagram Star Wars things and they reference it a lot. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. And about like, hey, really wish they had left this aspect in because it helps explain this, this, and this. Right. Um, but eh. we'll see. We'll talk about Whatever. it. I feel like we need to move on to rebels and then there's resistance. I, I don't know if resistance is good or not. I hear almost nothing about it. I've watched, that's the most recent cartoon that has come out from it. I've watched so. a few, a uh, few episodes of resistance. Well, what did you think in general? Uh, I don't know. Okay. We'll talk about we we, a few. I watch a few episodes of Clone Wars, and I'm like, eh, I don't know how I feel about it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not so if, as far as these most recent episodes are concerned. But but we'll get there. We're going to do a new segment here. Um, I should do a little. Uh, should we do a little ditty to introduce the segment? Um, no, I'm not going to, because do really, I, well, do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm not going to do it because uh, I'm actually stealing this segment from a different podcast that I listen to. Uh, I'm a big fan of, or at least have been a big fan of the Easy Allies. Um, there's a, they're a whole group of video game reviewers that used to be game trailers. Um, and so what was that? What's it called? The cartoon, Drew, that I had you watch on YouTube. I'm drawing a blank right now. Box Peak. Yeah, Box Peak. Big recommendation to go watch Box Peak. Uh, if you're listening right now, just just search for it on YouTube. There are 10 episodes. They're like 10, less than 10 minutes each. And they are 
awesome. They're awesome. Um, great little mini series. Uh, it was produced by one of the, at the time, easy allies. Well, they do a podcast and actually the same guy that created box speak, uh, did this segment sometimes in their podcast. They didn't do it every week, but they do, they would do it sometimes. And it was all video game related there. We're going to do it all star Wars related here, obviously, but basically what it is, is I'm going to, I'm going to throw out two things. Okay. So I might say like John apples or oranges, and you're going to have to pick one and tell me why. Now, where you go with it, why you pick it, all that, you know, that's, that's for you to decide. And then I'm going to go, all right, Drew, um, cats or dogs? And you're going to pick one and you're going to tell me why. So um, I'm starting to stress out right now. And then I'm going to go back. Then I'm going to go back to you, John, and I'm going to do another one. And I'm going to go back to Drew and do another one. I'm actually going to, you're going to have to just volunteer whoever wants to go first. I've got the order. I've got four different things picked out. So whoever volunteers to go first each week is going to get whatever the first one is. So that it's, you know, so that I'm not handpicking this one's for Drew and this one's for John so that it's fair. Okay. Because at the end of it, I'm going to pick a winner. I'm going to pick which one of the four things um, deserves a point for the week. And I'm going to keep score. So y'all are competing against each other. Uh, that, that podcast calls this segment um, or wars. And while I thought maybe I'll change the name of the segment for our podcast or wars is kind of the perfect name for a star wars podcast right yeah it's or wars it's this or that so anyway who wants to go first i'll go all right drew do it i'll be brave (laughs) (laughs) drew x-wings or tie fighters You just pick one and then say why. I didn't know. I, I didn't have so much. And, and you don't have to go on. Just a quick answer, like a sentence, you know, X-Wings or TIE Fighters? TIE Fighters. They're cool. I like the shape. All right, John. Comics or novels? Comics, for sure. Just uh, get a, a, a big snapshot in just a short amount of time. Okay. Drew, Ahsoka or Ray? <laughs> Ahsoka any day. Have you seen her wield those two lightsabers? She's not a poser. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Uh, John? Spider Mall or Spider Man? Oh, man. I'm going to... Oh, that's tough. I love Spider Man. Um, I'm going with Spider Man. Um, uh, just uh, back to the the cartoon Spider-Man days when he turned into a mutant spider. Um, definitely uh, amazing to me. So. Amazing to you. Amazing. Because the amazing the Spider-Man. Amazing thing. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> right. <laughs> and for that beautiful use of the word amazing, the point's yours this week, John. All right. Tune in next week for the next installment of Or Wars. And I've actually come up with like a huge list. I can't see them because no, nope. <laughs> um, but I've got a huge list already. Cause I, I, I just went crazy with it. So we've got, we've got weeks and weeks of this. This isn't going to end soon. <laughs> Cause I got a lot of fun ideas for this little segment. So, all right, let's talk about the, uh, the arc this week. I don't remember what so, it's called. So hold on. Let me, let me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Since you just did that to us. Okay. Mall or Savage. Oh, um, mall easily mall big time. You didn't tell why 
Oh, you want me to like do the thing? Oh, you just, you just said big Uh, time. Big time. (laughs) Big time. (laughs) Minus one. (laughs) I have minus one. Drew has zero. John has one. I have minus one. I wasn't ready. Um, Maul because uh, of the duel of the fates in episode one. That alone is enough to to put Maul on the top. I mean, Savage is a cool character, but, but man, the, the, with the beginning of that fight and all those glares and just the awesomeness of him fighting those two Jedi. Um, It's just one of the coolest scenes in all of movies. I love episode one. You guys know that. Yeah. All right. So our arc opens with Darth Maul and Savage raiding uh, around the outer rim. They're going place to place and killing a bunch of people and working toward, I guess working. I don't really know why they're doing it. I don't know that they make it that clear at the beginning. Um, but after destroying this vessel full of these droids, I don't know what a vessel full of droids is doing in the outer rim, but again, it's all just a stage to create a situation where they're going to have a confrontation. Um, Maul basically reminds Savage of the rule of two. Savage is like, ah, brother, can't we just, you know, can't we just get along and work together? Um, they have a scuffle. Maul wins and basically puts Savage in his place and says, I'm the dominant of the two of us. Uh, you have to follow my lead. Um, very easily, I might say, puts Savage in his place like it's nothing. Okay. Uh, Savage is a beast. <laughs> no match for Maul. It's very clear after that fight. Um, really great scene to kind of just establish how powerful Maul is there. Um, what they do then is they go and they find a pirate vessel that belongs to Hondo and they raid it and then recruit those pirates to then go and attack Hondo at his base. And they're going to try to take them all over because they're trying to amass an army uh, of followers that they can then, I guess, use for their own evil purposes. Uh, Again, Maul right now is very fixated on his revenge against Obi-Wan still. Well, Hondo actually reaches out to Obi-Wan and, um, or maybe Obi-Wan reaches out to Hondo. I don't remember, but, uh, but they team up um, and Obi-Wan brings this female Jedi with him um, and they fight with Hondo against Maul and Savage. She ends up getting killed by Savage and then it ends up being two against one on Obi-Wan, Savage and Maul against Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan can't, can't contend with the two of them. So he retreats. Hondo ends up convincing his men that followed Maul um, to come back onto his side because Maul, you know, he basically is like, he didn't care about you really. Um, and they uh, go and steal Maul's ship. They fly Maul's ship in and, and shoot at him. They have to run um, and they escape, but they have to shoot off an escape pod. And in the process of all of that, Maul's leg gets blown off. So they're in an escape pod floating through space at the end of the episode with Maul um, having lost a leg. Um, uh, you know, the next episode opens and they're freezing in space um, and they are found by the Death Watch who fix up Maul's leg and then a lie. And I think Savage got hurt too. I don't really remember specifically. Lost an arm. Savage lost an arm. Like Did he shoulder. lose that at the, in the first episode? Is that Obi-Wan yeah. cut it off? You're right. And then they install death watch installs a robot on for him at the beginning of that next episode. That's right. That's right. So, um, 
So they fix them up and uh, basically end up getting into an alliance with them so that Maul and Savage can kill Obi-Wan. And at the same time, they'll take the Death Watch will take back or take, I don't know, take back is the right way to say that, but they'll take, take over Mandalore and put uh, um, Satine out of power. In order to do that, Maul suggests that they go around and recruit crime lords throughout the galaxy. And so they start with the, uh, what are they called? The, the Black Sun on Mustafar. They fly over to Mustafar and recruit the Black Sun. And then they go and they recruit these weird, tiny-faced, metalhead aliens. And then they go and they recruit um, the Huts. Uh, and <clears throat> I think they end up killing a lot of the huts, right? In that, because th- there was some resistance there. So they, and they really killed, they killed, killed a lot of the death, uh, the, the black sun people as well, but they kill the, they kill some of the huts. Anyway, they end up with all of the minions of these three crime syndicates on their side. Um, and then Vizsla, at the end of it, Vizsla makes it clear that after they conquer Mandalore, he intends to have Maul and Savage executed. Uh, so plans on stabbing them in the back. But that's, I think that's only after Maul kind of makes it clear that, look, at the end of this, I'm going to be the one who's really in charge and you're going to have to do my bidding, right? Uh, Maul has these great aspirations for being like basically the head of all the crime um, people, the, the the bad groups throughout the galaxy. Maul's going to kind of rule them on. So the Crimson Dawn. Who's the Crimson Dawn? I don't remember. So in uh, what was the, that episode before four? The uh, the movie before episode solo. Yeah. Wow. At the end of it, Maul is there. Yeah. He's the what crime cool syndicate. Call. I didn't even think about that. But that is so perfectly consistent with this episode how cool is that and that makes it even better than i already thought that it was um no hiding the fact that we all loved this arc right i mean i don't even have to talk to you about it john to know that you loved it right Mm. oh no okay we'll get there (laughs) oh Oh. (laughs) Oh, you had me worried all right so anyway they basically stage an attack they pretend to attack mandalore uh, well, they do attack Mandalore, but it's not to destroy Mandalore. It's so that the Death Watch can swoop in and save the day. They do, um, you know, pretend to swoop in and save the day. Um, and at the end of it, Death Watch ends up capturing Satine. Um, but then Vizsla betrays Maul and Savage and throws them in prison as well. Well, they talk about it, talk about what they're going to do. And Maul's like, you know, we should just install a puppet that we can control rather than this Vizsla guy. And so um, Savaz does this cool, like, force move where he creates a force explosion from himself <laughs> and busts the, the, uh, the bulletproof glass, I guess, of the prison um, into tiny little shreds. They run out and uh, kill Vizsla. But in killing Vizsla, Maul basically establishes himself as the ruler of the Death Wash, because that's kind of how their society works. Takes the Darksaber um, and says, hey, I'm in charge now. But um, Bo-Katan, not having it. She's not going to follow any 
outsider. And so she leaves um, and becomes a detractor to the Death Watch from this point forward. They end up installing a puppet prime minister at the end of it. And it's some guy that we've seen before, but I didn't really remember who it was. I don't know that it's that important. Um, okay. Then we get the beginning of the fourth episode. Satine escapes Bo-Katan. Um, and Bo-Katan, by the way, is one of, she was one of the Death Watch and she's in a previous episode. Um, and we'll talk about her a little more because she's one of the first people I want to bring up when we, when we have our discussion, but um, Satine escapes is set free by Bo-Katan and her nephew. Um, she contacts Obi-Wan um, basically runs around trying to get a cell signal, finally gets her cell signal um, just in time to get the message out to Obi-Wan that she needs this help. And then she gets captured again, but Obi-Wan gets the message. Um, Yoda says, Hey, this sounds like a personal matter. You just go take care of it if you need to, but it's not the Jedi that are going. It's, it's Obi-Wan basically going by himself for whatever reason, there's not a good political politically excusable reason for the Jedi or the Republic to get involved in what's going on in Mandalore at this point, because they're neutral. And so Obi-Wan goes on his own, um, I don't know if he really has the approval of the Jedi or not, but they definitely pass the message along to him and, you know, they know what he's doing. Um, he goes in and frees her, but then he gets captured along with her and that Maul takes them to his throne room. He mocks Obi-Wan and then he stabs Satine and kills her while he is being, Obi-Wan is then being led away to prison to Waller in his misery Um before what will probably eventually be his murder by Maul. I'm sure that's what Maul eventually intends is that he'll kill Obi-Wan um, after he suffers over the death of his beloved for a while. But on during, during his prisoner transport, Bo-Katan comes in and frees um, Obi-Wan. But uh, then, oh, and, and in that rescue attempt, you discover that Bo-Katan and Satine are actually sisters. Okay. So anyway, Obi-Wan comes in and um, do they get captured at the end of that? Or do they actually get away? I feel like they get away. Yeah. So Bo-Katan rescues Obi-Wan. And I, I think they escape at, the, at that point. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? I don't know. I don't know that it's that important because the real important thing that happens immediately following all of this is that Palpatine shows up. Not Palpatine, excuse me. Darth Sidious shows up. Tomato, decked tomato. out in his robe. What? Tomato, tomato. <laughs> well, Palpatine is the senator. Darth Sidious is the Sith Lord. And um, basically accuses Maul and, correctly, I think, accuses Maul and uh, Savage as being his rivals. That, that they are not, he basically says, Oh, master, you know, great. You're finally here. I, I did all this to impress you. And Malsa, or, or excuse me, Palpatine says, yeah, you're, you can't fool me. You're my rivals and I'm about to put you in your place. So he fights them. He kills Savage. And then uh, Maul breaks out against him in a rage and has a red lightsaber on one hand and a dark saber in the other hand. And they fight for a few seconds, but not even close to being a match for Darth Sidious. Um, he puts Maul in his place. Maul begs for his life. And then Palpatine says, don't worry, I'm not going to kill you. Um, I may have a use for you. But the episode ends with him basically torturing him with his um, force lightning. So, 
Man, it was fun. Dude, that so this is the only time this has happened in the series so far. I watched the final episode twice. Had to. The next day I woke up and I was like, that was so freaking incredible. I have to watch that again. And it had mostly to do with that final face-off where we finally get to see Palpatine pull out yes. some lightsabers yeah. and fight in one of the creepiest ways I, that I've ever seen any lightsaber be wielded. Um, his fighting style was so scary. It was scary the way he twisted around and dove in circles and scraped against the ground and the way his mo- movements were fluid is almost snake-like. Yeah. He, I was going to say that. Um, he uh, spun around and, and fought these guys like it was nothing with just that evil smirk on his face. And man, what an incredible, incredible lightsaber battle. Better than many, um, if not even most of the lightsaber battles in the movies, I would even, uh, you know, posit. Is that the right word? <laughs> would you, would you, so I know we're jumping to the end of the art, but what you guys, you guys think about that battle? I thought that was the best battle we've seen. And I think we've seen a lot of good ones, but I think part of what made it so good was the build up to it because, uh, you know, at least for me, I was not expecting to see Sidious there until maybe the last, I don't know, five minutes of the entire yeah. arc. You don't even have a clue. He's going to have a, a role in this. You think Maul right. and Savage are just going to run away with it. The way the whole arc is going. And then he shows up. And he just destroys them, which really shows the level of power that he's at because they've been destroying everybody else this entire time. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, his movements and just the way I, it reminded me a little bit of it in episode three of, of the moment when he like jumped and he like sort of spun in midair. Yes. Yes. And I was like, such a cool shot. And they did a really good job of sort of imitating that kind of style. And I, that was so fun to watch. Yeah. So I agree, except episode three, I absolutely hate the spin. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but I really liked the fighting style here and how they integrated yeah, that. Yeah. He did that spin once. I've always thought that spin was so stupid. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Just flying through the air, spinning. Um, sure. And, and I've always been unimpressed by Sidious's or Palpatine's fighting style until this. And it's like, you know, he usually doesn't have to fight because exactly because yeah. he's got everything under control. Right. But here he didn't. I don't think. I mean, he knew he could take him, but right. things had kind of gotten out of his control. You know, he he wasn't quite pulling the strings the way he wanted. So he's like, well, I'll go get involved, you know, um, mm-hmm. which was really cool. It and was. he even and- made the reference too of like, you know, there can only be two Sith. Mm, right. Yeah. 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 What I loved about the fight was there, the whole arc has kind of, a, it, it, it put some emphasis on power levels, right? You had right at the beginning, the Savage Maul matchup where Maul just, I mean, Savage is no match for Maul, but Savage has been established in the series as just a massive, mighty force to be reckoned with, right? Even from an experienced Jedi. And the fact that Maul, uh, can put him in his place like he's nothing was a big deal. And even throughout this arc, they kept show, they kept like showing Savage in such a way that that 
reminded you how like even massive in size he is and how intimidating he is. Um, and so they, you can, you still believe that Savage is super powerful and super scary, but then Maul is just on a whole nother level. And then at the end, when Palpatine takes both of them on, you know, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan ran away from that fight. He knew he had, he stood no chance against Savage and Maul together. But when Palpatine fights Savage and Maul, it's, it's like, it's the joke. It's like, you can toy, just toy with them. Like that, like it's nothing, you know? Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then, Maul begging for his life against Palpatine at the end of it, when they've already sort of established the power level hierarchy leading up to this, man, it just made, it makes Palpatine scary. And everything about that, it it was just horrifying. I've never been so scared of Palpatine as I was in this arc. (laughs) I mean, he's creepy in other, in other episodes. He never really scared me in the prequels. It's like you say, John, a lot of that was just like, stupid looking um, to me, but, uh, but in the, um original trilogy he's pretty scary right oh, yeah. and i would say even in the sequel sequel trilogy in episode nine he's he's pretty scary there too pretty creepy uh, but but he never fights and i noticed that too and it's like but he could if he needed to yeah he, he just, just never chooses to. not to no. he would rather have other people fight for him just because he can manipulate them it's like manipulation is his preferred method but if it comes down to it he is the best swordsman in the galaxy, right? I mean, one-on-one, nobody stands a chance against Palpatine with a lightsaber. Except Ray, I guess. <laughs> well, she is Ray <laughs> Palpatine. Ray Palpatine, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, backed by like the the ghost, the ghost powers of, of all previous Jedi. Jedi. I don't, I don't, mean, I don't of, know. Of all the Whatever. Jedi that Palpatine had killed. Uh, right. <laughs> so actually. On that note, and I know this came out before episode nine was a thing, but it still had me thinking about it because I'm wanting to make sense of all the canon as as it's tied together. Very beginning of the first episode where Maul and um, Savage are talking about the rule of two. Maul is saying, yeah, basically there's this rule of two and and there has to always be two. So I'll be one, you'll be the other. Palpatine's still in the galaxy though. And Palpatine makes it clear later on that like, no, you guys aren't the two. We're the two. There's only room for two. But uh, before we realized that that was going to be the way it all flushed out, um, I felt like Maul just doesn't quite get it, right? So in episode nine, we know that the rule of two has a greater purpose than just the fact that there's two. We don't really have that revealed until episode nine, actually. But the rule of two is meant to serve as an eventual conduit of the um, continuing continued existence of the spirits of every Sith that has gone before, right? Because Palpatine isn't just Palpatine, right? When Palpatine killed his master, um, the, the, I guess the spirit of him ended up inhabiting Palpatine's body along with Palpatine, right? Along with Sidious. And so it's not just Sidious, it's all the Sith for generations that are all one. Right. And so then what's Sidious's eventual job is to go and find that next successor that because he's not going to last in his body forever. Um, and so he has to eventually find that next successor who he can get to kill him so that he can then inhabit their bodies. And when you go back and you look through the series, this actually makes me like episode nine a lot. This episode in part, because 
made me think about all this stuff. Um, when you go back through the other movies and you kind of pay attention to what Palpatine's doing, it's like, it's like he's searching for that successor, right? Um, not even so much searching, searching. He intends, I think, for it to be Anakin initially. And then when Anakin fails him by, I guess, I think pr- pretty much at the, end of it, in, at the end of episode three, when he loses the fight to, um, to Obi-Wan, that was sort of the final failure of Anakin where Palpatine's like, okay, I got to find somebody else. Um, that's when it's Luke, right? And so in the original trilogy, it's all about Palpatine trying to get Luke to kill his father so that he can become the new apprentice and can eventually then be the conduit, be the body that Sidious eventually inhabits. So I bring all that up basically to just, just to say, that's what I think the rule of two in the new canon has eventually has, has now become, maybe it wasn't always that way, but that's what I think it is now. And Maul just doesn't get it, right? And I know some of this is retconned, but Maul doesn't get it. Maul's like, yeah, there's supposed to be two, but he doesn't understand the greater purpose of the rule of two. Um, and, uh, and that's what I think it is. <laughs> I just kind of pictured Savage, like holding up his fingers, like one, two, <laughs> one, two, like, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> no, I, and, and this is kind of off topic, but I, I, there's this meme that makes me laugh every time. I don't know if y'all have seen it yet, but it's like a teacher standing over uh, Dooku. Have y'all seen this one? No. I don't think so. And uh, <laughs> oh, every time. Um, and and the, it says teacher. And the teachers, you know, I'll, I'll show y'all. I know that our listeners. So there's yeah. the yeah. there's the picture, and it says the teacher says the rule of two states that in order. Uh, to add a Sith apprentice, you must subtract one. And Dooku says, makes sense. And the teacher says, and you helped convince Anakin to join the dark side. I did. <laughs> and then the teacher says, do you see now that by adding Anakin, you were subtracting yourself? And he's like, trying to understand what this teacher is telling him. I love right. that. Okay. <laughs> I love those glasses they added to it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've never, un- see, I don't think anybody has understood the rule too, because if they had to that means point, why would uh, Dooku have ever really tried to push for this as well? Sure. Yeah. Right. And they didn't why? because Palpatine didn't reveal it. No. Right. There's no reason for him to no, until he's ready to rule it too, to be slain. Like, Okay, rule the reason two. for it, right? The right. underlying reason for it, sure. And actually, it, like I say, that actually, I love the explanation in episode nine, where it's like, I mean, at the time, it was kind of like, what, where does this come from? Like yeah. the first time I watched it, but the more I've looked back and thought about it, I'm like, this actually makes some of this, some of the rest of this, make more sense because there's a purpose, there's a reason why there's only two, and there's a there's a final objective where this Sith force is trying to build in power generationally and so you know the more the more powerful a being that can be used to slay him then the more powerful it's like you you add their power right it's like there's a cumulative sith power um that we're building up and so if he can get anakin who's the you know most powerful non you know non-palpatine force in the galaxy um if he can get anakin to be that that conduit then then he's done, you know, he's, he's done a really good job. He's played his role really well and got really next powerful um, setup for the Sith lineage. 
Um, you know, but I almost wonder if he still has the idea of immortality in the back of his mind, because that's been brought up before by Palpatine. Um, you know, when he's talking to Anakin, like, you know, death isn't always, an, doesn't have to be an option. Um, I wonder if he's intentionally still seeking that and just trying to have everyone else be second fiddle to where he can control them, manipulate them. And he could eventually have as many apprentices as he wants because he's going to be immortal. So he doesn't really care. But then at Mm. some point he starts to care, which I guess is when we get to nine, something has happened. I don't know, but now, now he's like, yes. Okay. Immortality in the sense that I originally believed is no longer feasible. So we're going with this option. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I kind of think looking back, I think the way that it's, and again, it's a retcon. I admit that it's a retcon, but, um, but I think that his immortality comments are explained through his eventual saying, no, you kill me, but I'm not going to die. Like, I want you to kill me. I want you to strike me down um, Ray out of your anger. And if you do it out of anger, then it's going to, be a situation where you have given over the dark side completely and I can come in and, and possess you. Um, and you can become a part of one of us. Right. Um, that's what I think the immortality really ends up being explained as. So, so I think all the apprentices are, are, are just kind of a selection process. Like maybe initially didn't in mall. So well, really he didn't though. And I think you're right. I think he is toying with apprentices until, until Anakin, because, you know, canon materials have also revealed that Palpatine created Anakin. Right. Right. Palpatine. And that's alluded to in the films, but Palpatine um, used the midichlorians to, to create life inside of Shmi. Smee. Smee or Smee? Smee! Smee! Because it's not Smee. <laughs> yes, Captain? <laughs> Isn't it Smee? Smee? Is it the same name? Shimmy? 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 I don't know. Shimmy Skywalker? Anakin's mom. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> so all throughout, you know, he doesn't really want any of these apprentices. He wants Anakin. That's what I think. Until Anakin fails him, and then it's Luke. Until Luke fails him, and then it's who ends up being his daughter. It's like, oh, well, now I have a daughter. I guess I'll use her. So because she's born post original trilogy, granddaughter, right? Yeah, granddaughter, granddaughter. But she's born post original trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. And even then it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's true. But even then it's, uh, he's toying with, with, with others. Right. Cause he's got Kylo Ren. Right. Um, under him for a while. Although uh, Kylo Ren doesn't realize he's following Pal- Palpatine. Right. He's using, uh, Snoke. Anyway, we're getting way off, but <laughs> yeah. this little discussion of the rule of two, um, made me kind of start thinking about all of this and making me like what the new trilogy did more. Um, good. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> be it. <laughs> um, let's see what else, what else in this arc? I've talked a lot. So that was the best part. I, I liked the arc just about the whole time. Yeah. But that last battle, well, I was like, okay, I love it. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, what all else the, the arc did you like, John? 
just all the, you know, all the Mandalorians and mm-hmm. flying around and the Mandalorians fighting Mandalorians. And uh, I thought, though, it was cool. The ones that were following Maul had, were painted like him on their armor. And some of them even had horns mm-hmm. on their armor. Yeah, yeah. I noticed I that. thought that, that was, was cool. kind of cool. Sure. Um, I like learning more about Bo-Katan because of the Mandalorian show. Absolutely. And, and did you notice that the voice actor is the same as the person who plays Bo-Katan in Mandalorian? Oh, I didn't. Okay. So they used Katie Sackhoff cool. um, as the voice actor. And then when they were filming the Mandalorian, they cast her as That's the actual cool. Bo-Katan. Good. So same that. voice. Isn't that super cool? I like I kinda, her anyway from, uh, She's uh, in the, what's it called? Battlestar Galactica. And mm. she's great in that. She's, I don't know if you get, either one of y'all have seen that. That's great. Mm. The new Battlestar Galactica reboot they came out with, I don't know, like 15 years ago or something. Great, uh, great series. And she is, um, she's in that. I really liked her from that. So I love seeing her as a, an official part of the Star Wars universe here. So I'll tell you, I was kind of hoping to see Obi-Wan struggle a little bit more with the death of Satine. Okay. Yeah. I kind of wanted him to, I wanted him to almost like have some dark side tendencies there and then pull Mm. out of it Mm -hmm. where Anakin, you know, goes full dark side. I I was kind of hoping there'd be, I was like, Oh good. She's dead. And we're going to see him struggle with, with, with his anger and hate and, and all that, and then get a grip on himself. But I don't really know that we saw that. Um, He seemed to get over it a little, a little too quick. Um, but like a, like a Jedi is supposed to do, you know? Sure. So that's the whole point of not having those connections is that you don't um, get distracted by them. So I guess he, right. he did better. He was a better Jedi at it. Uh, but I wanted to see that struggle because she yeah. definitely got killed right in front of him. Right. And he definitely cares about her, but it's not like they hang out all the time. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, this is a lady that he went and slept with a few times and had some good deep conversations with. And But this isn't like he was ever serious about her, right? Because he chose not to be. He chose to be a Jedi instead. And yeah. he cares like enough about her to answer, to answer a, a call for help. And he has feelings for her and all that. But, but that's different, right, from Anakin. Because Anakin secretly marries Padme. Right. And goes and sneaks off to see her all the time. And Anakin's, or excuse me, and Obi-Wan's not doing that. So there's a different level of relationship there as well. So he cares about her. They slept together a few times, but we're not as deep into it as Anakin gets with um, Padme. Yeah. I just thought it'd be a cool, uh, cool moment there. If he, if he almost messed up and then didn't, Um, but one thing about her, I wasn't crazy how they did it. And, I mean, really, this was the only um, thing I wasn't a huge fan of was how weak they made her seem during this arc. I mean, with all the stuff going on, she's just acting like she's helpless and I can't do anything. And, you know, I'm like reminiscing to a few arcs back. I'm like, you were pretty, you were pretty on top of things. You were a rock star, you know, for a queen. And now it's sort of just like, I don't know what to do. I, and I was like, eh, well, I, I don't know. I feel like you have more power than you think you do at this point. But um, 
Yeah, she kind of loses it, though, because she's got her passivist stance and she had, I guess, I couldn't remember exactly, but she had some checks in place to basically keep um, keep Death Watch out, right? But when that was penetrated, she doesn't have any more defenses because she's not going to start killing. So it's like once they're in, they're in and she's powerless, right? So do you think that was meant to have a deeper meaning? No, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think if we want to get the real deep meaning about pacifism, we need to go back to our lemur arc. I think it was pretty effective. (laughs) It was pretty effectively handled there. So let's just end the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, a, A lot of the, fighting scenes and the rescue scenes and the, just the, the confrontations in this arc, I think every one of them was just awesome to look yeah. at. Like I remember even in that last episode when Bo-Katan comes in and rescues um, Obi-Wan, it was an awesome rescue. It was like she, uh, she fights one guy, she like flips her leg over her head and, and kicks him backwards or something. And then she takes out the other guy and then there's two left. And she shoots a cable on one guy and attaches the other side of the cable to the other guy yeah. and then slices the yeah. guy's jetpack and they fly off together. It was, it was just a cool scene, you know, H- happened in a matter of seconds, but was obviously well thought out and, and much more than her just coming down in there and, and punching a few guys in the face and knocking them out. Like it could have been um, every single fight in this felt like it had planning and depth and probably some storyboards that went behind it. Um um, where it was really well-constructed and well-written. Um, I mean, I alluded to this before, but I really liked the Savage moments like when he woke up after having his arm um, repaired. Uh, I think he immediately like destroys the droids that were working on him, and he crushes them with the arm that they created. Yeah. It's just so, sort of the power. It sort of immediately convinced you that, okay, this arm is fully capable, and it's pretty strong. So you don't, you're not questioning like, oh, is that arm good enough? Like as soon as he wakes up, he uses that arm in a way that establishes its effectiveness. And then he stands up and bumps his head on the light in the ceiling, which is, again, I think another like sort of sneaky way of showing that this guy's huge, right? He stands up and he bumps his head on stuff that most people wouldn't. Um, so there was a lot of little things like that that I kept noticing so, that I just loved. Yeah. And see, the way I thought about it is so Savage, you know, Maul was trained as a Sith, right? Right. Uh, manipulative and tactical and, and all that. Savage sure. was not, not really. Mm-hmm. Savage is a killing machine of absolutely. Force. Yeah. And he doesn't yeah. have that gracefulness. Right. So where right. Maul wouldn't wake up and just kill droids, um, uh, he might wake up and figure out how to turn them on their owners. Right. Um, Savage right. just gets up and smashes them and bumps his head. Cause he's, He's clumsy. He's that brute strength. Sure. And the way he killed that Jedi, he like checked her into the boulder. He he rammed her with his horns, right? No, I I thought I kind of like with his shoulder. And then she held herself and then he stabbed her. Okay. Uh, Either way, I mean, ouch. Right. Like crushed by Savage and then stabbed. Yeah, um, yeah, pretty pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah, they did they did a really good a job with all of that. His size, his brutality, his sort and of man. Isn't that so cool? How consistent that is with? I mean, 
when we're talking power levels and what we've seen um, Palpatine Sidious do in the past, when we're thinking mm-hmm. about that, how Savage basically, I mean, he, the Jedi put up a fight. I forget her name, but, you know, she put up a fight, yeah. but she was no match. Not okay. important. Right. Well, Sidious, I mean, Savage was a ragdoll in Sidious's, you know, world. Which oh, yeah. makes so much more sense when we when, when you think about that power level and then we go mm-hmm. back to episode three and how Sidious, even though when, when he was confronted uh, in episode three, how he like took down four Jedi in five seconds. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. And they, they're, they're consistent with that, um, you know, with that power level, which I like to see. Right. I always had the impression, though, that Mace took him out. But there were other remember. Jedi there in the room. Right. But he ends up like where Mace almost kills him. But now I'm starting to think I want to watch that scene again now and think he's he's allowing himself to get beat on purpose so and that he can show Jedi Anakin show to arrest him. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and then he finds him all off. But at the end of it, Mace is like standing over him and he's like, I'm going to kill him, you know. And I kind of get the feeling that like maybe maybe it wasn't maybe he wasn't anywhere close to killing him i don't know i don't know because there's any shock but mace blocks his force lightning with his lightsaber was, and sort of turns it back on him um that that was the whole no 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 wasn't it don't remember john i don't know no. <laughs> anyway that's when anakin kills mace windu yeah right right because it wasn't the jedi way to kill sidious hey how about when sidious shows up and maul says I feel the presence I haven't felt since. Yeah. And then gets up, direct call back to episode four, Darth Vader saying, when Obi-Wan shows up, I feel the yeah. presence I haven't felt since. But he's talking about Palpatine. So I don't know. No, I cool. that was intentional. I, 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 yeah, I really liked, was. I really liked that allusion to the episode four. So, yeah. The Imperial theme. Uh, a lot of the music was great. Did y'all notice the music Imperial theme when Palpatine shows up. Dun, 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 dun. I didn't know. Nice. Oh, yeah. You should go watch it again. When his ship flies in, it's the classic Imperial theme. I mean, it might be recomposed a little bit, but but it's definitely the Imperial theme, you know? Um, and uh, just made me feel the Palpatine of the original trilogy was arriving. So, and I loved that. Really loved that. Last thing I'll mention. Well, no, there's two things really. Darksaber. Darksaber appeared a lot in this episode. What y'all think about that? Glad to see it used. And it was a cool yep. fight. I mean, definitely used in a cool fight with Pre Vizsla. Um, mm-hmm. And I, again, this is one thing I liked about this. It was consistent with what we saw in The Mandalorian. Absolutely. Or I guess Mandalorian was yeah. consistent with what we see here in the sense of you have to go into battle in order to obtain the dark saber to show dominance. And so. Right. Defeating the leader who wields the dark saber makes you the new leader who wields the dark saber. And that's Maul. I never expected that to be Maul, you know, Uh, Mandalorian. It's obviously um, the chicken guy and uh, those polios hermanos guy. Um until it's not right until Mandalorian does he kill him at the end of season two I think he does right defeats him anyway claims the dark saber from him 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think he kills, he kills him because because okay. uh, he kind of he was kind of a dig at Bo-Katan as well uh, from I forgot his name, the guy with the dark saber, yeah. because it was like, well, now what are you going to do? Because you want to rule Mandalore and Mando's got it, not you. Right. You're going to have to kill him if you want to rule Mandalore. Right. So and yeah. he's like, we'll you see what happens in it. season three. Yeah, yeah, but that you're right. It was that whole uh, concept of the the passing on of the dark saber being connected to the defeating of the previous wielder was introduced in this. I think in this arc. Yeah, because I, I don't so. think it was int- we had the dark saber in the other arcs, but we didn't have that concept introduced in those arcs. So, um, and then the fact that Bo Katan had such a an issue right with some outsider coming in and wielding the dark saber and ruling Mandalore. And then what's she doing in the Mandalorian? She's trying to go and reestablish her, I guess, traditionalism as far as Mandalore is concerned in wanting to become the ruler by defeating the dark, dark saber wielder. So neat, neat, neat tie, uh, tie in there. So that's about all I've got. Then the force pulse to, to escape prison. I know I mentioned it when I was doing the summary, but I'm interested to hear y'all's take about that. I just, I I love that moment where Safaz just goes (laughs) like made a force pulse come out, busted all the glass of the prison and they just walk out like it's nothing. Um, Just thought it was super cool. Yeah. Let me see. I feel like there was maybe one other thing. What was that quote from Obi-Wan in that final episode? Let me try to remember because it was a big standout moment for me and I really liked it a lot. Um, basically he was talking to Maul and saying, um, Maul was saying, you don't, you don't really understand how powerful the dark side is. And Obi-Wan is making the claim that no, you're weak because you gave into the dark side. And Maul says, Oh, you don't know how powerful the dark side is. Um, and then Obi-Wan says, I think he says something like those who oppose the dark side are stronger than you'll ever be. And that got me thinking down a line of uh, a line of thought that, that I thought was um, substantial. The, the idea that yes, because we've talked about this, the dark side is more powerful, but by accepting the final power level of the dark side, that gives you a one up over any Jedi, right? You are, um, giving into your own weakness, right? Like, like it's an indication that you are weak. The fact that you are willing to make, you know, the quote unquote easy choice and get that extra power by, by accepting, giving into all of your anger and hatred and everything. Right. So it's like the Jedi have personal strength that makes them stronger than any dark side wielder ever could be. Doesn't mean they win in a fight, but it means they have a strength that is greater than any one who gives over the. Does, does that make sense to y'all? Yes. Strength to control I just your liked, emotions. Yeah, I like yeah. that exchange. That yes, you're more powerful if you go to the dark side, but you're weaker because you gave into that, and I, that concept was was really cool. And you mentioned that, but then I got to thinking about Palpatine again because I just want Palpatine to be awesome. Um, and so again, this is just my head cannon behind it. My head canon is Palpatine was strong enough to not give into the dark side, but just wanted to. 
<laughs> yeah. Like everybody else eventually succumbs to their weakness. I think Palpatine's like, yeah, I could, I could just stay a Jedi, but I don't, I think I'm just going to choose that. I'll, I'll choose the dark side. Not because I, I can't control my anger, but because I don't want to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's, there's anything to that, but, but that's my head cannon on Palpatine right now is that he joined the dark side by choice, not because he was too weak to do it. It so. wasn't a struggle. It was just like, eh, sure. Eh, dark side. Yeah. I like there that. There was better. some <laughs> scheming in the good side for him. So on the light side, right. red lightsaber. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like red better. <laughs> <laughs> Matches my right, dark let's, clothes. <laughs> let's rank it 10 out of 10 for all yeah. the obvious reasons. That's where I'm at. Yep, Drew. Ten, oh, out, ten out of tens across absolutely. the board. That's great. I was afraid one of y'all give it a nine for some obscure reason, but I will say I I was a nine until that last. Oh yeah, Palpatine. Yeah, me too. And I was like, no, me too. That's a ten. Yep. <laughs> Palpatine thing just <laughs> launches it over the top. Uh, but I was too. I was a nine through the whole arc. In that, I was—I mean, nine is a great ranking. And I yeah. said, "Man, this is a great arc. This is a nine. And then Palpatine shows up, and I was floored. I just couldn't even believe yeah. it. I was watching. Yeah, it took—I was completely taken by surprise. It was the—it uh, was the mic drop of the episode. It was—it like, was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So yeah. All right, Drew. What's what's up for next week? Let me get that pulled up here. See, so next week we will be watching oh the Ahsoka arc episodes 517 mm. through 520, Sabotage, then the Jedi who knew too much, then to catch a Jedi, and finally the wrong Jedi. Mm. And that will complete let's see, yeah, that'll complete season five. All right. I'm pumped. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen much of Ahsoka this season. It no. doesn't seem like mm-hmm. so. I'm ready to dive deeper into Ahsoka here. It's gonna be good. Got high hopes. They were not disappointed this last time. I, I had high hopes for this arc too, and um, paid off. Yep, met, high met, hopes met for, my expectations uh, and exceeded them. So for D Squad, and yeah. for D Squad. <laughs> What it's if we did flip. some droids? <laughs> it's a coin flip. <laughs> okay, but here's what's weird too. We watched 501, right? We watched yeah. episode one and then jumped over to 13. It just just a verification that the order that they were released makes no sense. Like, can you imagine? Right in the middle of that story, right after yeah. you start getting good in that arc, you just abandon it for 12 episodes? Like, what are you, 11 episodes? What are you doing? Makes no sense. Well, maybe if we hook them with the first episode, we have all these other garbage episodes we really right. don't care about. Wait, but we got to make George happy. That's so what we'll it was. Hook yeah. them, and then we'll know they'll come right. back for the end here. For That's the what it was. They had their they had their plan for the series, and they had to squeeze it in eight episodes because, uh, which makes those eight episodes awesome. Um, but uh, but then they had to satiate George Lucas's ridiculous ideas i can picture so they hooked them they they took the first episode of their compressed arc they hooked them threw in the trash and then said all right now let's get to work john i can picture them all being excited 
after like making 501 be like yeah. yes this is great oh i can't wait to do 502 and then george being like yeah me either and here's what we do we get a frog and we put him inside of a droid <laughs> oh and they're like okay <laughs> and what if we get a bunch of younglings and make a whole arc about yeah, right, them. right. So let's, let's put them through a crystal, a crystal planet, where the door slowly freezes over while they search for their uh, force crystals. I'm pretty sure they were called force crystals in that episode too. Uh, and and they get attacked crystals. by pirates, and they have to think of ways to escape without their lightsabers. <laughs> yeah, and the whole time these other guys are like, "When can we get on with the mall story?" Right. <laughs> Corporate meddling. Okay, apparent. George. Anything else you want to talk about before we move on? <laughs> yes, there's one more arc called the Onderon arc. I'd like us to stick uh-huh. in there. <laughs> you know, maybe this happened. Maybe while they were working on George's episodes, they were doing their own. And then at some point it was like, Well, George, we only have this many episodes left and, and we've already got a ton, see? Okay, just use those, you know. <laughs> or we'll yeah, revisit your next ideas in season six. Let's hope not. They didn't. But they didn't want him involved in the in the Savage Mall. Right. So like, <laughs> hey, you go. Hey, you sit here and you draw on this piece of paper, <laughs> and we're gonna work. And then they're like, oh, they actually made it into episodes. There. Right. Right. Now they Wait. they had one guy with the other eleven episodes, and everybody else worked on these. <laughs> Wait, he's that a, one he's a, guy. He's a spider. Wait, he's a, what? <laughs> you just do your thing, George. Just stay over there. A spider? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. oh man! All right. It's fun, guys. If you want to email us. Send an email to the Star Wars Brothers podcast at gmail.com, and uh, that will almost certainly earn you a spot on the next episode. So, or, um, or some point in the future, depending on when I post this, I, I should be able to. I'm going to try to post this one pretty quick uh, and get better about posting it right when we record them. So, but we'll see. I've said that before. Anyway, if you want to email us, send us an email, um, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Well, I guess we won't see it because it's a podcast. Yeah, it's okay. But thanks for listening. Do it. Do it.